The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about launching a new brand within an established company. Joining us is Eric Toda, who is a marketing exec that has worked at some of the world's highest profile brands, including Facebook, Nike, Snapchat, Airbnb, and most recently as the head of marketing at Hill City, which is a men's apparel brand owned by Gap Inc. Yesterday, Eric told us about how he approached launching a new brand inside of a large company. And today we're going to discuss his go-to-market strategy. Okay, here's our interview with Eric Toda, men's apparel marketing expert. Eric, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me back. Great to have you back. We're excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked a lot about your work developing the Hill City brand and how you positioned it not only to be a little different than what was going on inside of Gap Inc. and Athleta, the sister brand of Hill City, but also how you thought about the competition, specifically the micro brands that are out there as well. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the practical application of your marketing, your growth and your outreach strategies. When you developed your Hill City brand, you mentioned you were focused on versatility. Obviously, you're focused on men. We mentioned yesterday that we're focused on men that are actually men, a little bit older, not just the boys that are into the traditional testosterone-driven marketing. Talk to me about how you put together your targets and what were the initial ways that you started to spread the message of Hill City? I think it's interesting when I talk about the targets because you definitely gave me a little precursor of who we were originally targeting. And that's men, let's say roughly between the ages of 25, 44. But being a part of Gap Inc., you have a lot of research and insights. And what we found too was that, yes, it's really, really good to focus on men. But another point that we should also be targeting are women, specifically for a men's brand. And the reason is, is because if you look at some of the data and especially some of the consensus data that, that you have, women control much of the finances of a household. That's one part of it. But women also validate a lot of what men wear. I don't know about you, Ben, but every time I walk out of the house, the first person I ask is like, hey, is this okay? Is my wife. And if it's not okay, she'll tell me. So that validation is so important in a man's life that we'd be remiss not to target her and storytell to her. Meaning for our PR and comms, how do we not just focus on men's health, but we focus on Vogue? How do we focus on people? How do we focus on all these different female-focused publications to get in front of her? How do we use our paid media to not just target him, but target her as well, but with a specific female message? 
So when we were developing our targets, I felt we were really smart about this because we didn't just say we're speaking just to him. Because a lot of men's brands, again, they only focus and have blinders up to one gender. When in reality, there's two genders to everybody's surprise, right? So how do you speak to both genders with their own messages to introduce the brand to them in their own way? So the way we came out and distributed was obviously, I mentioned that on the previous podcast was through digital. And with digital, you could target male and female. But we supplemented that with PR comms by making sure that we were in the men's health, we were in the GQs, but we were also in the Vogue's. We were also in the peoples of the world. So I felt that our go-to-market was very balanced. It was very conscious and very self-aware that, again, there is another gender that you need to speak to. And you'd be remiss if you are a men's brand or even if you are a women's brand to not speak to the other side. So I want to talk a little bit about the messaging for your PR and comms. I think it's relatively straightforward and we discussed it a little bit for targeting men. What you're trying to get across is that Hill City is a new brand that's focused on versatility, the men's lifestyle, repositioning how men think about their health and fitness. What was the message to women? How did you get that across? And how did you create a message that you think would be relevant and also drive sales? I think you have to be just really smart about it. You have to speak to her when it makes the most sense. And when it makes the most sense, she's probably likely buying gifts. So whether that's the holiday period, here's the best gifts for him. Here's the best gifts for dad. Here's the best gifts for your brother. When it's Father's Day, same thing. You have to do it in a way that makes the most sense. You're not always targeting her. You're not always speaking to her, but you're always speaking to him. So I look at the messaging for her as a compliment to the always-on messaging for him. And you have to do it in a more natural way. Versus him, you make it more straightforward. You make it like, you need this shirt. Here's the best shorts that Men's Health said will take you to every occasion. It's very straightforward. And the reason why it is, is because you want to shorten the amount of time between him and the product. With her, the consideration cycle is a little bit longer. So you need to make sure that she sees it in a publication. She then opens up her mailbox. The Hill City mailer is directly inside the athletic catalog. So that's two exposures there. And then she may go on the website and then get retargeted. So that's multiple exposures there too. So it's more natural, but it's also, it's very considered. You mentioned a couple of times that you're taking advantage of some of the assets that the larger Gap Inc. brand has. You had data understanding who your customer is. You're able to include a mail insert with the athletic catalog. What are the other ways that you took advantage of being in a larger organization to launch your startup? The biggest thing as we were launching the brand, and I've been in startups before, a lot of times startups get sidetracked or get bogged down with process while trying to figure out what does our HR function look like? Or who are the attorneys that are going to do our contracts? Or do we have an accounting department? In every startup that I've been a part of, that takes time and mind space away from creating products or creating go-to-market strategies. The nice thing about Gap Inc. is that that was already built in. We didn't have a legal team. We just used the legal team for Gap Inc. We didn't have an accounting team. We used the accounting team for Athleta. So that kind of expedited our process to really focus on the product, the go-to-market, the customer, and making sure that when we do show up, we show up as if we've always been here, as if we've always been a part of your life versus, oh my God, we're a new brand. Let's just launch really quickly and just see what happens. So I would say the biggest thing is just, just having the utilities of Gap Inc. Like already baked in. So you mentioned that your initial launch strategy, you're using some comms and PR, you're targeting men and women in some scenarios. You also mentioned some digital advertising. 
what role did digital advertising play? What were some of the channels that you used and what did you find to be effective? Sure. You have your very standard workhorses in Google search and Facebook ads, but then you start to test out more contextually relevant ads like Instagram stories, or you start testing out things like what we did was we built a chat bot on Facebook Messenger that was able to service you when we were either asleep or you wanted something without emailing us. We were testing out so many different things because we saw this as a blank canvas to paint however we want. But a lot of our paid media was rooted in what many brands are doing, and that's retargeting, DPAs, search ads, and Facebook display. So the traditional digital advertising channels, which sounds a little bit like an oxymoron, but I mean the Facebooks of the world and the Googles of the world, your cost per acquisition is increasing with more brands like Gap Inc. coming online in those platforms. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. How did you think about what your targeting strategy would be? How are you managing your costs? What were your expectations for customer acquisition in channels where you're using digital media, but it's getting more and more expensive? I will say this because I think the last episode you mentioned, like, what would I do differently too? I would have managed the expectations of cost per acquisition, especially with a new brand. With a new brand, you're not just trying to retain customers because you're not retaining customers. You're trying to acquire so many new ones at once. And so your cost per acquisition is going to be high. That was something that we didn't articulate well enough, I think, that I would definitely do differently. But here's the thing. No one's ever built a brand from scratch, especially for Gap Inc. And so all this was very new ground for us. So to augment the cost per acquisition, we needed to do things that helped retain, but also acquire new customers. And that was direct mail. That was a great, great saving grace for us just because direct mail is such an effective channel. Some may see it as archaic, but that's because not a lot of people are doing it really well. 
I would say the direct-to-consumer brands today that do direct mail are doing extremely well. It's very clear messaging. You know the person's address. It supplements another exposure when they're on digital. But the reality too is, is more and more people are putting their phones down. They're being more conscious about how much screen time they have. So when you're a direct-to-consumer brand and someone's putting their phone down, you're blind and you're not in front of them. So direct mail was a great lever for us. I think another lever for us was just being on the Gap Inc. platform. You see all the five brands on there and we're right there next to a Banana Republic. We're right there next to an Old Navy. And I think that helped us out a lot to gain a lot of good traffic. It seems like there would be a big opportunity to be able to collect user information from the other brands, from the Gap Inc., from the Banana Republics of the world, understand who is buying products that would be similar to what Hill City sells, right? Versatile pants or some sort of athletic wear, and then market specifically to them. Were you able to take data from other brands to sort of build your customer profile and your targeting? We tried. <laughs> we definitely tried. I wish I could tell you that it was like the silver bullet and that was that, but we tried because that was definitely an idea for us. What we found though pretty quickly was that the Facebook targeting was outperforming a lot of that data. You just have a higher reach. The people that are in the data set may be more price conscious and we were selling a very premium product. And so our prices could have been too high for them, but we definitely tried. That's for damn sure. You know, I probably should have asked this in the last episode as we were talking about developing a brand. How do you think about pricing and where were you trying to price your products? Were you thinking about pricing compared to the Lululemons of the world? Were you thinking about being more competitive with the value brands? Where did you net out in terms of pricing? This is a very clear point of view for us. Like we wanted to be different than value. I think there's a lot of value men's athletic brands out there. We wanted to be premium. We wanted to speak to an audience that cares about quality, that cares about longevity, that cares about the style that's associated with the premium brand. So we were definitely shooting high. You mentioned that you were focused on using some PR to spread your message, and you primarily found success working with digital marketing, not necessarily just targeting Gap Inc.'s existing customer base. Why didn't you go with anything bigger, splashier, the uh, media, TV campaigns, events? What's the reason for not just trying to splash the Hill City brand everywhere you can? I would have loved to do that, to be honest with you. But if there's one thing that has followed me in my entire career, it's that I can achieve a lot with very little budget. And I make the best use of the dollar. I've been given a lot of opportunities to run TV spots. I've run a Super Bowl spot in my past, but with Hill City, they were like, you know what? The best innovation comes from starving you. So we're going to give you very little budget and you just have to make it work. And that's why we chose the channels that we did. But I would have loved to have a TV spot run during the Oscars. That would have been fantastic. Seems like the sentiment at the company was that you are still in startup phase. You need to validate what's working before you're going to get a larger investment. And so you had to cultivate and validate your channels before really diving deep and throwing a lot of budget at the brand. Yeah. And they took that startup thing real seriously. And a lot of that comes with investment. A lot of that comes with even like where we were sitting, like we were sitting in a very hidden part of Gap Inc. where not a lot of people knew we were there. And it was very similar to a garage in which you would hear some lore of some startup being created. So they took that startup mentality very seriously. You make it seem like they locked you in a cage and gave you bread and water. I'd be lying if it wasn't close to that, right? 
For the record, I'm not going to say anything bad about Gap Inc. They pay for my health insurance. So there you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they treated you well. I guess the last question is, you know, reflecting back on your launch strategy and starting to spread the message of the brand and evaluate what your cost per acquisition, what your lifetime values are. What were the biggest challenges you faced and what were the things that you found ended up working very well? I think measurement was, and it is for a lot of brands, but legacy companies tend to have a very quick turnaround of prove it right now, prove it really quickly. That level of instant proof is tough to fight against when you're a digital-only brand. And so measurement, I think, was our biggest uphill battle, just understanding where traffic was coming from, how many frequencies did one customer have before they purchased, and some level of it is figuring out that holy grail of a multi-touch attribution model. And some level of it is trying to evolve past the last click, which is tough, right? Especially for a company that was around before the internet. So I would say measurement was certainly the biggest hurdle for us as far as launching the brand is concerned. You've recently left the Gap Inc. brand. You departed from your role as the head of marketing at Hill City. Tell us a little bit about what you're thinking of in terms of your next steps in your career and what's keeping you busy today. I think what's keeping me busy today is I'm expecting a daughter in a couple months. Hey, mazel tov. Thank you. Thank you. I have a 15-month-old, so I'll be a father of two in September. That's keeping me busy. That's keeping me awake at night. <laughs> but when I look at my career, it's super interesting right now. And the reason why it's interesting is because Every single company that I speak to right now needs brand. They need storytelling. However, no one really knows what goes into that. And a lot of times you have a conversation with someone and it just comes down to, oh, we need brand, but really we just need the good performance marketer. So I would say it's the most interesting time to be a marketer, but it's one that you have to pick and choose where you're going to have the biggest runway to have success. And so what's keeping me busy is I'm not taking any roles right now. I'm helping out a lot of great brands and their strategies and their go-to-markets and their digital side of the house. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. It's one of the things that was surprising to me when I left my last role, I was working at a relatively early stage startup, was moving towards being a consultant. Everybody says, I want performance marketing. I want something that's going to impact the bottom line, but they have a brand problem, which is stopping their performance marketing efforts from being successful. I've seen a very similar thing. It's not surprising to hear you say it. Exactly. And I think, like, I'm sure you agree, and I'm sure the people listening to this will agree. If you invest in brand, your performance marketing will get more efficient. I promise. If you have worked on your marketing foundation, it's just like building a house. If you have a strong foundation, you can build a really tall building. If you're building on a pile of mud, it's going to be hard to get your first level standing up straight. 100%. It's a, always a metaphor with house building because me and my wife are in the middle of a construction project, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Well, Eric, let me just say it was great to connect with you. It's really interesting to hear about the development of the Hill City brand. It's something that I've personally been watching very closely. I think obviously being somebody that's in the target market, I see the advertising for a lot of these brands. So very interesting to hear the insider's perspective. You're clearly a very talented marketer and I wish you the best of luck with your new daughter. Get some sleep while you have the opportunity. And I hope you enjoy your time away from the full-time role and you're helping lots of brands and making a dollar here on the side. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Eric Toda for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Eric, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Toda, T-O-D-A, or you can visit his website, which is erictoda.com. 
A couple of links that I want to tell you about, which are in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, we've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Or if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter with links to our audio players, our episode summaries, and the contact information for our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com newsletter. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.